When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome in to an Atlanta Soccer Tonight special here at 92.9 The Game and the Off the Woodwork podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm Jason Longshore, and I am joined today by Chris Duran of the Columbus Crew Radio Network. Chris, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Jason, thanks for having me on the show. Let's jump into where things are for the crew in year one under Wilfred Nancy. He was a, a manager that I was super impressed with during his time at Montreal, where I thought he got as much as you could possibly get out of that roster and came to Columbus with a lot of hype. What have you seen so far? Well, uh, I've seen a really interesting teacher in action, uh, both during the preseason and in season as well. The way he has methodically brought his principles of play to this club and has taken the time to guide the players in understanding exactly how he wants them to play. On the game pitch, we've seen a change in the crew in the way that they press, in the way that they are constantly looking for that chance to go to goal, the way they move the ball a little faster than they have in the past. Um, That sense of urgency, I think, has been great to watch. Um, Overall, Wilfried Nancy is a terrific guy to, you know, talk about the game with, um, and then just to socialize. We, we had a, a lovely sort of meet and greet, uh, with several VIPs at a, um, wine studio downtown a couple of weeks ago. And it was really just nice to get to know him. So it's, I, it's a work in progress. There's no doubt about it, Jason. And everyone knew it was going to take some time. It's a matter of understanding just how long we're going to go before we start to see more of what Wilfried Nancy wants from this group. And I think he really believes he's going to get a lot from them. Um, in addition to that, I think we'll probably see some bolstering of the roster throughout the course of the season too. How much of a change is it from what you saw under the previous few years under Caleb Porter? Um, I, I respect Caleb Porter a whole heck of a lot. Um, I think what we saw from the last year was just sort of a a trailing off of that 2020 MLS Cup championship. It just was, okay, the the tank really is pretty empty. And I think some of the players may have kind of given up um, in a sense in that they weren't working together as a group. Um, And the push was to get to the playoffs last year, and it didn't happen. When you're constantly talking about the push to the playoffs and not – focused on, I think, evolving as a group, um, I think you are putting outcomes ahead of the process. And so, you know, victory is an outcome. Defeat is an outcome. Making the playoffs is the outcome to everything. Um, and I think I think everyone probably all around the club last year may have just gotten a little caught up in the outcome. We have got to make the playoffs. Uh, now there's a reset in the offseason. Wilfried Nancy comes in. And sure, he'd love to make the playoffs. Yeah, he'd love to win every game. But you hear both the coaches and the players now talking about, hey, you know, we have made strides over these first four games. We're still integrating much of what Coach Nazi wants us to do. And we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to see the results. It may not be this weekend against Atlanta, but it's, you know, could be in July against Orlando City. It is a process. I think when you lose sight of that, you can absolutely just lose the plot in everything you're building. Yeah. Let's let's get into the outcome from last week. I mean, Red Bulls is always a game that you do have to take with a grain of salt with their style and what they do. 
what did you see out of the, the crew in that one with getting the early goal, but then it kind of falling apart in the second half? Yeah, they didn't bring the intensity in the second half. And I think um, a couple of adjustments and, and Red Bulls knowing that they could go to the bench and that they were going to be able to, you know, up the ante just a little bit uh, probably gave them a, a big boost in the second half. Um, we were playing without Cucho Hernandez and, um, and, and all due respect to the other players. Hey, he's a DP striker, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's depended on to get the job done. And, but it was because of injury and, and well, we weren't able to really find any more than the Matan goal, which was great because folks are kind of cheering for Matan. He's back after being away on a loan and, um, playing with a lot more happiness, a little more joy under Wilfried Nazi. Um, yeah, the, the Red Bull game is just always a, an ugly, chaotic game. Yep. And the idea going into it was to disrupt the way the Red Bulls like to pressure. And I saw glimpses of that in particular in the first half with the speed at which the crew were moving the ball. Um, but a lot of the times it just, it just would Peter on the outside mostly in the midfield, I thought, in the middle third of the field where, you know, it looked like we were switching the ball just fine and we could go down that flank, but all of a sudden now it's three of our guys and four and a half of their guys or five of their guys. They're, they just started shifting so very well and stepping in on pressure and uh, not not really allowing us to create the way we wanted to in the attacking third. So, um, yeah, as you say, the Red Bull game is always a game that you circle because you know it's just not going to be pretty. Um, by the same token, I thought that we played a really good first half, and in the second half, we just uh, unfortunately couldn't keep them at bay long enough to get that draw. I'm glad you mentioned Matan. I mean, obviously the goal last week, but he's a player that I really liked before his loan. Just I, I love his skill, love what he brings to the team, but yeah, it feels like he's different now that he's back. He's different because um, when he was here the first round through, um, he was learning English. Um, his family was seven hours away, time difference, seven hours away. So he would have to rush home from training and call his family as quickly as possible before everybody was tucked into bed in Romania. And on top of that, his girlfriend was not here, who is now his wife. And that can make the heart lonely. And, um, I think that he struggled with, uh, some, some issues adapting to major league soccer um, adapting to the physicality of the league and kind of figuring out where his role was within the team. At the same time, we had Lucas Elorayan coming on. He's a true number 10 DP uh, midfielder who's going to, you know, probably occupy a lot of minutes of playing time. So is Alex Matan a, a winger? I, I don't think he is. He, he's really not a winger. He's a yeah. guy who can play in the pocket and he can play, you know, in the middle of the park and distribute the ball. But beyond that, um, he wasn't really going to find a role now in this system of play where we can play with dual tens underneath Cucho on any given night. Um, that, you know, it, it, it does look good and he's being given the freedom to switch from one side to the other. And he's even talked about it. He told me that, you know, he has no problem playing on the left or right or in game. You see he and Lucas are switching constantly because they like to work from the outside in. That's a duo that should scare a lot of teams around the East. It's a duo that we won't see this week with Zellerion called up for Armenia. A couple of other absences. Atlanta's got a bunch of absences as well. How do you think Columbus deals with the absences that they will have? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so the spine of the team, really, Lucas is gone. The goalkeeper, Aloy Room, is gone. And our cent- center back, Milos Degenik, is with Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're playing with three in the back and <laughs> you're used to Milos's guidance, um, what do you do? Uh, I think, you know, coaches, you've probably heard this with other coaches too. Coaches are talking about tactical flexibility, either in-game or from game to game. And this will be just our second home game. Um, I don't think, I really don't think you're going to see a back four from Columbus, even though coach Wilfried Nancy's talked about tactical flexibility, but I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be a bad idea. I don't know that um, Philip Quinton is ready to start as a true center back without the leadership of a Milos Dagenik on his shoulder. Um, and so I don't know that you shift him into the middle and get the result that you want. Um, Josh Williams has been hampered by an ankle injury. If Josh is available to play even 65 minutes, it might be interesting to see those two guys playing back. Move Steven Marrera to a wing back position, pull Will Sands back to a left back, and then just use the flexibility in your roster of available players in the midfield and protect the protect the home, you know, the home fortress. Um, that that would be one approach. Do you go a little deeper? Uh, you've probably seen in our rotation that um, coach has been really high on the young players and with really good reason. Mo Farsi has been terrific um, in his second year as, uh, as a first-team pro. We only saw Jason Russell Rowe for a handful of minutes on Saturday night. We saw him earlier in the season, too. Would like to see more of him. Um you know, maybe you play with two forwards and you tuck Alex Matan underneath them. So Jason Russell Rowe and uh, and Cucho on Saturday night. That's if Cucho can go. Uh, the last piece is we've got guys like um, Jake Morris, Aiden Morris's brother, who's you know chomping at the bit for the opportunity to play. Um, these are guys who have been training with the first team since January, and you know maybe maybe they get their chance on Saturday night against. I wouldn't say a depleted Atlanta United squad, but I'd say certainly a squad that's going to be doing much of the same thing on the other side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's tricky when you start then pulling a piece out and you figure out, well, who could play here? This is what they bring to the table. Maybe it's not quite a square peg in a round hole. Maybe it's a little bit better than that, but it's not ideal and you just have to make the best of it right now. Right. One player who... I think has taken that step to really growing in, uh, in this past year and under Wilfred Nancy is Aiden Morris. Sure. Like, it feels like he is ready to be at that national team level. I, I'm, I'm a little reluctant to say that, but I think he's got that ability. You shouldn't be because he got called into his first national team camp in January. Um, he leads the league in tackles one with 12. He's got a very high passing rate, I think it was 95% on Saturday night mm-hmm. in terms of percentage uh, completed. And he continues to impress in terms of his maturity. He came in with a little different size, I felt like, this year. He didn't put a lot of weight on, but I feel like he's just way more muscular in so many different ways. And I credit the strength and conditioning staff for working with him on that. All the players, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden has been a true presence in the midfield. Uh, he is... Uh, playing in his fourth year of a homegrown contract. So he's playing, 
you know, for himself and as much as he's playing for the team, uh, with, I would think the hopes of, um, certainly getting a better deal from a bigger deal from, from the black and gold, um, or the possibility that he might be sold. I, I don't know, but the guy is, he has been on a trajectory, Jason, that has been almost perfect, save for that year that he had to take off with the ACL. Right. And it has been a delight to watch him grow. And he's a terrific young man. He's one of the few players who will wave to us and call us out by name when he sees us uh, watching training. Um, just a just a really great person. So happy to see him enjoying the success with the team this year. Yeah, he's been as good as anybody in the league in that position in the central midfield. It feels like every time Atlanta and Columbus meet, it, it's it's a weird one because I think this is one of the rare series in the league that the road teams have a ton of success on both sides. It's interesting, isn't it? And, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is just so unique and the crowd is just so great down there that you would think it would work the other way. But I think the mental preparedness, and you're not just talking regular season, you're talking also playoffs because we've had some mm-hmm. memorable playoff battles too. Mm-hmm. Got to um, remember that one, yeah. It's, um, it is interesting to see. I can tell you that I've never known a team to look down on Atlanta. I mean, I think every time Atlanta comes to town, everyone's sort of on their toes. You never really hear professional coaches and professional athletes downplay an opponent. You really don't. But you do hear people maybe overemphasize the importance of this home match with Atlanta. And while I haven't heard much of that this week, because I think we're still in that process of building and integrating different principles to the way the crew plays, I do think that um, the antenna's up. You know, when Atlanta comes to town, you just, you never know what to expect. Um, sometimes it's the available availability of players. Um, um, Joseph Martinez, I think, came to town on the, he was with the team and he was injured, but he wasn't listed as out. And so everyone's wondering, does Martinez play or not? And sure enough, he shows up in the press box right next to me, next to my booth. And I'm like, (laughs) what are they doing? They're playing games with us. They put him on the plane and they're putting him now up in the press box instead of dressing him. So, you know, it's just always that thing. I know there's a, there's a lot of cat and mouse that goes on in the league, but I think with Atlanta, it's always just, Hey, you just never know what to expect. Games have always been entertaining. And I think this one will be too. I think it's two managers who want to play and want to play good soccer. And it should be a really fun matchup at lower.com field. Chris, thanks for the time this week. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jason.